الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واطيعوا الله واطيعوا الرسول ولا تنازعوا فتفشلوا وتذهب ريحكم واصبروا ان الله مع الصابرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمنون كجسد واحد ان اشتكى عينه اشتكى كله وان اشتكى راسه اشتكى كله وكما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم There are certain qualities, certain attributes that have been very, very greatly emphasized in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah of Rasulullah Every aspect of deen has tremendous importance, tremendous value, but there are certain issues that are core aspects. And to the extent that these core values have been brought into our lives, to that extent many other aspects of deen also flourish. Many other aspects of deen become easy to put into practice. And when some of these core issues are in problems or not being fulfilled, are not being implemented in our lives, then it affects sometimes everything else in deen also. Among these core values, among these core aspects of deen is the aspect of unity. Unity is such a fundamental thing that at every level, from the most basic level to the biggest level, from between the people that live within the four walls of one house up to the aspect of the entire ummah. aspect of unity has been emphasized and in so many ways in terms of the biggest level Nabi Islam says that al-mu'minuna ka jasadin wahid that the believers Nabi Islam gives an example a parable the example of the believers as a whole the entire ummat now the entire ummat consists of people living in every nook and corner of the world. And there would be people we would never see in our lives, we would never have heard about them also, but they have Iman. And this link of Iman has linked every person to each other who has this Iman. Allah's Nabi Islam is saying, whether that person lives in the east or the west, whether he's in the north or the south, whether you know him or don't know him, whether you have heard of him or not, whether there is any other relationship or not, but because Iman has linked each other, then all have become like one body, like one single person. One person, all his limbs and organs are totally united. There is no situation where a person, his body works in different in disunity 
And therefore, Nabi Salaam says, In ishtaka aynuhu, ishtaka kullu. That the body is such that if the eye pains, then the entire body is paining. It is impossible that the rest of the body isolates the eye. This is your problem. It's up to you what you want to do about it. We are okay, we are in our comfort zone. If the eye is in pain, then the entire body is in pain. If the head is paining, then the rest of the body cannot be at ease and at peace. That this is the head's problem. So the legs will continue functioning without any problem. The hands will continue functioning without any relationship to the pain of the head. Rather, everything works towards assisting the head in relieving its pain. The feet will walk towards the doctor. The hands will take that medication. The tongue will swallow that. And the entire system within the body will start processing it so that the pain of the head is relieved. Because the whole body is restless with the pain of one limb of the body. Nabi Islam says that if one part of the body is aching, that the entire body will even express the effect. That the fever that will run will run not only in the part that is affected. The entire body will accept this fever and express it via this fever. And the entire body will stay awake at night also. That the head is paining, the whole body is restless. So this is at the greatest level, at the biggest level, the whole ummah. If this is the case to which this unity and this feeling, this togetherness should be with the entire ummah, with people we don't know anywhere from any relationship other than Iman. We have never met the person. We have no family ties with him. We have no friendship with him in terms of knowing one another. We have no dealings with the person. We have never met him in our life. We don't know anything about him. <laughs> Yet we are supposed to have that bond. Then if that bond is required with that person in some far-flung piece of the earth, how much more that bond is necessary as the circle gets closer? As it gets closer into one extended family, as it gets closer to one immediate family, as it gets closer within the four walls of one home, within one community, within one society, if it's so necessary at this great, wide level, with people we haven't met, with people we haven't known, can we imagine to what extent it would be important as the circle gets closer? With our own parents, unfortunately, this was something that should never have been a subject. That unity between parents and children. Unity between parents and children, is that a topic? Yes, it has become a topic. That how do one, does one try to foster unity between parents and children? Unity between brothers and sisters, is that should be a topic? Yes, it has become a topic. But how can unity be forged between brothers and sisters? Unity between spouses? Subhanallah. Can they be a bond closer than spouses? In that, in a specific sense? But yes, that has become a topic also. So, this is something which is a fundamental aspect in deen. And as we mentioned earlier, that there are certain things which are very core issues. If that is affected, it affects so many things. If unity is affected at whichever level, and the closer the level it gets affected to, the greater the impact. 
Now a person is performing salah also, but that same disunity and the effects of that disunity, the effects of that dissension, the effects of that problem that is now occupying him in his sajda also. That is occupying him in his tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif also. Maybe he's not even making tilawat anymore. That is occupying him in his dhikr of Allah ta'ala. That has dominated his whole life sometimes to the extent that he even starts Allah forbid giving up deen. Amal of deen. So this is the aspect of how important this unity is. And therefore Allah ta'ala gives us the command in the Qur'an Sharif that be obedient to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu and do not cause disunity, do not cause dissension. Otherwise, Otherwise, you will then slip off the track. All your strength will be sapped up. That energy which could have been channeled towards something constructive, something productive. Now that entire energy is channeled towards the internal disunity, towards the dissension. Now the husband has got his own things to try and sort out. The wife is doing her own thing. Parents are doing their own thing. Children are doing their own thing. Brothers and sisters are at loggerheads. And each one's time and energy and efforts are being sapped up about how to be the one that becomes the dominant party or how I can prove my point or how I can be one up. And all the energy and time and effort and the mental energy is all gone in this. And that time and effort that could have been used in something productive and constructive for deen, for dunya as well. For the betterment of the ummah at large. That is all gone in these kind of things. So Allah wa ta'ala is saying to us that don't get into this. But what is the prescription that will become a means of preventing this happening? The prescription Allah ta'ala gives in the same ayat. Don't get into this dissension and disunity. Otherwise all your energies will be gone. The same ayat Allah gives the prescription for the unity. That adopt sabr. Adopt sabr. Allah is with those who are patient. Because the dunya is not the end of the world. The dunya is only the beginning of the reality. The life in dunya is only the very, very small stage of the reality. The reality is akhirat. And this dunya is a small stage of the reality in the sense that it is the planting field for the hereafter. At dunya mazra'atul akhirat. What we plant here is what we will reap there. Many people live away from their home countries for years on end far away from their families and sometimes in very difficult conditions and circumstances and they bear all kinds of hardship and difficulty. Why? Because they are ready to undertake all that to send something back home. That whatever difficulty is being undertaken and the absence from home and the uh, being far away from the family and whatever else, everything is being tolerated, everything is being digested because we are sending something back home, for that, everything else can be overshadowed. That overshadows everything else. Everything else can be tolerated. Likewise, our home is Jannat. And Jannat is where we have to send forward for. The Akhirat is what we have to make. 
And for that Allah is saying, وَصْبِرُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Sometimes, it will be the sabr to make, to prevent a problem. A simple example, person has come to the masjid for example, now he has to park his car somewhere. Now sometimes, there might be a convenient space to park the car in, but that space is not meant for parking. It is meant for people to walk through maybe. It is a thoroughfare, or maybe it's now partly going to jam the way for people to walk in, or it's going to block somebody's driveway, whatever the case is. So now a person says, I will make sabr on myself, this feeling within me to take the shortcut and park anywhere and carry on. Doesn't matter now what happens later. I'll make the sabr upon myself. I'll park at a distant spot where it will not inconvenience anybody. Now he's making sabr. That sabr is becoming a means of preventing the disunity, the discord. Now nobody's going to get inconvenience. So nobody's going to be upset about anything and things will carry on smoothly. But then, sometimes somebody will still do the wrong thing. Somebody will still park in the wrong place. Somebody will still act in a way that will inconvenience somebody. Somebody would say something that would hurt somebody's feelings. So then the other part of that, the same prescription again. Osbiru. You adopt sabr in tolerating other people's misconduct. One is to adopt the sabr that we don't inconvenience anybody. We take the trouble to make sure that there is no problem that's coming on anyone. And sometimes somebody else has acted in an inconsiderate manner, has done something they shouldn't do. Then again the same prescription, وَصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Now is the investment time. When we hear the word investment, it already brings water in our mouth. What's the returns? And is it secure? And especially if it is offshore, then that's it's everything in terrific. This is the best offshore investment that we can ever make. The investment that never ever is at any risk. Investments of the akhirat. And these offshore investments, when we make these investments, it grows at a phenomenal rate. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, a person gives one date in sadaqah. Allah Ta'ala nurtures it to the extent that when he will come on the day of Qiyamah, he will see mountains of rewards. He deeds sincerely for Allah Ta'ala alone. That's the phenomenal rewards and the returns for giving one date in Sadaqah. And among the greatest investments of the Akhirat is good akhlaq. Nabi Salaam says, مَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَثْقَلُ فِي مِزَانِ الْعَبْدِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ خُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ is nothing Heavier on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah than good akhlaq, good character. And good character is an investment of the hereafter, which is the weightiest investment. And one of the essential aspects of good character is the sabr, which Allah Ta'ala is giving us this prescription in the Quran Sharif. This is one of the most essential aspects of good character. So when this will be in a person's life, then this will be the safeguard of unity. The sabr to prevent giving anybody taklif. And the sabr to adopt somebody else's taklif. Then this will keep that home running smoothly. Because everybody has their own way, has their own thoughts, has their own preferences, their own likes and dislikes. 
So it's impossible for everybody to always be on the same page as they call it. Somebody likes it in one way, somebody some other way. Somebody prefers something, somebody prefers something else. So without this sabr and without this give and take, it is impossible for one home to run smoothly, let alone the entire ummah. So in any case, this is the first aspect, that this is the prescription, this is the importance of sabr, and this is the prescription of how that sabr is acquired. How the, this is a prescription of how that unity is acquired by adopting this sabr. But then there's another very important point, that what is the basis and the foundation for this unity? Because this unity is like a huge building. No building can stand without a foundation. And if a person is building something, then that foundation has to be in one, in that same place. He cannot be putting a foundation, one part of it here, one part somewhere else, but he wants to put the building here. The foundation has to be all joined, connected. The foundation Allah Taala speaks about in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, that, Hold on firmly to the rope of Allah Taala and don't create dissension and discord. Don't become disjointed and disunited. So the foundation of that unity is Habnullah. The rope of Allah Taala. And what is this rope of Allah Taala? Nabi Islam says that. That I'm leaving two very weighty things with you. The first is the kitab of Allah says, Hold on to the obedience of Allah and the way of the Sahaba Ikram. This is the way that Allah this is what Allah has commanded you with. So the basis of unity is very important. Otherwise, many times people will say, well, you will just look at the bigger picture of things. The bigger picture is that just keep everybody together, come what may. Whatever compromises need to be made, that's fine. And this is like saying that there are 10 friends, for example. They are all good friends. Now suddenly three of them decided they're going to visit the nightclubs. They're going to be involved in drugs. They're going to be womanizing. So the others say, look, if you're going to carry on like this, we can't be part of you. And you can't be joining us. You see, look now, this is such an important thing, unity. And now you are breaking up this unity. We have been 10 friends from all this while. Now you want to disjoin this group. So what will be the answer to this person? Would that make, make sense? That in order to maintain the unity, everybody now goes to the nightclubs. Everybody starts taking drugs. Everybody starts womanizing. No, you are responsible for the disunity. You want to do the wrong things, you are responsible for the disunity. The unity can only be on the basis of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Then if somebody is bent on breaking the command of Allah Ta'ala, then the responsibility of that disunity is with him. Everybody is in the home, one person says, I'll live in the jungle. But everybody must come live with me in the jungle, otherwise you are committing disunity. No, you are responsible for the disunity. Now you are insisting on being in the jungle. So likewise in the aspects of deen, unity can only be on the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi if otherwise, somebody insists, for example, like those who claim that the Quran is distorted, like the Shia claim. So now despite this, the unity must be maintained. How can that happen? That look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture means that everybody must go to the nightclubs and start womanizing. 
Na'uzubillah, if the Quran is distorted, what is left of deen? Oh, that the Sahaba Kiram people speak vilely about them like the Shia group. So this was not tolerated even in the time of the Sahaba Kiram. Hazrat Abu Bakr in his time, when some people after Rasulullah left this world, some Bedouins, some villages, they decided they're not going to pay the zakat as it was being paid in the time of Nabi Wasallam. He declared jihad against them. Some even at that time initially suggested, let us look at the bigger picture, that it is a now very sensitive time. He said, Wallahi la man That I will wage jihad upon those who create this distinction between salah and zakah. Salah is fine, we'll do it, zakat we won't do it. I will wage jihad against them. Allahi mana'uni iqalan. If they even would hold that one string that they should give in the part in zakat, in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi I'll wage jihad against them on that. Hazrat Ali radiallahu in his time, he gives a khutbah to the people. And he says, I have been told about this, that some people are giving preference to me over Abu Bakr and Umar. I didn't give any warning before this, therefore I'm not giving any punishment right now. But let it be heard very clearly. In future, anybody I come to know about who is making this kind of statement, that I am more superior than Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhu, then then he is a slanderer, I will lash him with 80 lashes. He didn't say, well, it's fine, it's just one statement, and uh, must look at the bigger picture. He said, I will regard such a person as a slanderer, that he is slandering the personalities of Rubakar and Umar. Who is saying this? Sayyidina Ali. And he said, I will give him 80 lashes. There's no bigger picture here when it has come to the question of this Sahaba Ikram. Umar his own son, Ubaidullah bin Umar One day he had some altercation, some little words were exchanged between him and Miqdad bin Aswad Happened sometimes, Hazrat Miqdad decided, let me complain to his father, who was the Amir al-Mu'mineen of the time. So he comes and he mentions to him, this is what happened. Ubaidullah, your son, he said these harsh words to me. He said, what? You are a Sahabi of Rasulullah And he said these words to you I will cut his tongue off So when this became known That this is what Umar Allah is actually saying Some other senior people came and said Look, this is going too far now, let's hold on with it He said, no, let, him, let me cut his tongue off I want to create a precedent La yuridu rajulun Rajshatama rajulam min ashabi Rasulullah I want to set the precedent That later in time also Anybody who reviles his Sahabi of Rasulullah the precedent will be set that that person's tongue should be cut. But in any case, others prevailed over him. That no, they sorted the matter out, it's over, it was just a small incident. This was done. But the lesson that we learn from this is that unity has its boundaries. The boundaries of unity is the Quran and Sunnah, is the way of the Sahaba Ikram. Somebody steps out of that boundary, that person is responsible for the unity. The bigger picture, then, is no picture. That person has gone out of the frame. How are you going to maintain the picture? So the picture is going to be within the frame. The framework of deen, the framework of the Quran and Sunnah. So in any case, this aspect of unity, as we mentioned, right at the most fundamental level, at the most micro level, within the four walls of one home, to the most macro level, the whole ummah at large. Just one hadith we will conclude on. We have two minutes. Uh, there's one hadith which highlights how important this aspect of unity is. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, 
He asked the Sahaba, should I tell you something that has greater reward than the afdala min darajati salati was siyami was sadaqah? Greater in reward than all the nafil salah a person can perform. Can we imagine hundred years of nafil ibadah a person does? All the nafil fast that a person can keep, all the sadaqah and charity a person can give, it might amount to billions. And all these three things combined, who can do this? How many people can do this? Fast every day of the year besides the days is not permissible. Give billions in sadaqah. Make the hajjud every night, the whole night, his whole life. How many can do this? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is saying, I got a prescription of getting something greater than that in reward. Not that these are small actions. These are very great things. But somebody wants something even greater, I have a prescription for that also. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, Islahu dhatil bain. To make peace between two people. The person who takes this upon himself to make the effort to create peace, he becomes miftahun lil khair, the key to good. Nabi Sallallahu says, he has a reward greater than all these three things combined. That highlights to us the importance of this unity. And if this is a reward of the person who will make that effort, those who will trample that feelings within themselves, who will make that mujahada against their emotions and maintain that unity at every level, within the four walls of the home, within that family, the extended family, the community, the entire ummah, but within the boundaries of deen, we can well imagine and we cannot imagine what Allah wa ta'ala will reward them. Allah ta'ala grant us a tawfiq. Wa akhirat awana alhamdulillah.